June's off to a fabulous start on Wall Street. We saw the Dow up over 700 points right after the, the May jobs report came out. And it was a big beat, ladies and gentlemen. We got a three-handle on it, even though the Bloomberg consensus was looking at 195,000. Unemployment did pop to 3.7%, but Wall Street traders say, who cares? Well, we, all we heard about was buy, buy, buy. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, who is in a celebratory mood right now out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And we are joined by our featured guest today, Chris Rowe from True Market Insiders, comes back to the show today. Chris, welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome market. No doubt. No doubt. And all we want to know, and obviously the audience wants to know, is that is it going to continue? But Toby, I do want to start with you because you are the macro guy out of both of you. And here, what what can we say? You have a very strong jobs market. We saw the jolts number come out earlier this week with 10 million new new job openings that are out there. And people are buying. Everybody's feeling good. We didn't even have a sell-off going into the close today. So what do you think? Is it going to continue next week and for the remaining month of June? Uh, Todd, all I know is if, if, uh, if I could take the energy you just expended in the last two minutes, we could actually put <laughs> Somebody on Mars. I wouldn't even stop at the moon. Uh, you know, here's, I, I wrote a thing to our subscribers. And by the way, uh, Chris is a publisher of my uh, Transforming Investor now, TobinSmith.io, if you want to learn how to make some ridiculous money now. But, TobinSmith.io. Yeah. But, you know, it used to be, there used to be a thing we called the bulls and the bears, right? And the bears thought the market was overpriced over, and the bulls were bullish, right? Well, now we don't really have that. What we have is the, are we going to have a recession? And or, and or B, is the global recession going to take us all down, which means that the Fed is going to pivot and they're going to you know start adding more money to the system and, and take off all the shackles, right? So it's, it's remember, it was like good used to be good and bad used to be bad. Well, now, now bad is good. So we got those big numbers. And if you looked at the tape when it first started, that first big job report, tape went down a little bit, et cetera. And then the next thing that hit was, yeah, but but the wages didn't go up. And remember, right. remember you know, yelling and screaming about the fact that wages particularly service wages, are 24% of uh, the the uh, CPE, the index, the inflation index. So then now all of a sudden, every algorithm and uh, machine learning and AI thing, ding, 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 went off and said, hey, maybe we got the Goldilocks scenario, right? The soft landing that, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to have some slowing and we have had some slowing in the economy. Look at every export number, look at every import number, look at the price of commodities globally, et cetera. A, a, a recession for the world is still priced in. But somehow the algos said, hey, wait a minute, with that low a number uh, on, on service wages, now you can make the case for Goldilocks and boom, that just hit. Yeah. First, what was interesting was what went up the most. It wasn't semiconductors. It wasn't NVIDIA. You know, it wasn't, it, it was cyclicals. I mean, the, the uh, you know, the small cap, the Russell 2000 was up 3.8%. That is the 100% correlation with the outlook for uh, recession or not recession. If there's no recession, IDM is way undervalued, blah, blah, blah. So it was right. really a crazy day. And then on top of everything else, uh, as you know, my our, our audience knows, I've been had a thing of melanoma taken out of my arm a couple of weeks ago. And I went in today and the guy says, he, he gave me like stone cold look. And he goes, yeah, you got nothing. You got no cancer. I'm like, you know, help me, man. Don't that is awesome. Cancer free. You got Absolutely. no cancer and you got no cancer and your biggest position's up 25% in a day. Yeah. I, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I yeah. I don't even want to, that's bragging, bro. That's bragging. <laughs> I like to brag, but oh, yeah, 
June 2nd is Toby Day, that's for sure. Yeah, and exactly. that, and so, so, I mean, definitely a reason to cork champagne. Yeah, that's Chris sure. will bring up the uh, squiggly lines that he does because he's the chart guy. He's the new chart man. Gary B. Smith, I don't know who he is anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, All right. Uh, you know, one day well, wonder, Chris, but remember, the then the other thing was the Fed, the, the odds on the uh, futures was that it was an 84% chance the Fed was going to raise rates. By the end of today, it was at 46%. So yeah, what does that mean, amazing. really? It means... No one knows what the F is really going on in the big, big picture because we've never had a big, big picture like this. Well, right. And you are right. And to add to that on the jobs report, when you look behind the curtain on this thing, you actually brought up- Cheers, Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers to you. And and I will say that that when you look behind the curtain and you see the, the wage growth, you are right. We didn't see it. But we have the job market right now is stronger now than it was three months ago. Right. I mean, this was not supposed to happen. Right. Earnings, earnings. And that's where I want to bring you in here on Chris, Chris on this one, because you are the chart, man. You are the technical uh, guru. And when I see the earnings numbers that came out, we actually had a much stronger quarterly earnings period. So what are your squiggly lines telling you? I mean, what should we expect with equities, because as I understand, and we talked about this pre-interview, is that there's only a handful of stocks that's really moving this market. You you go from here. You let us know. Uh, I'm with Toby. Uh, you know, this is a nobody knows what the f is going on market. But you know, it, it, rather than trying to figure out what is going on with the market, I think the most important thing is to not get caught up in uh, what everybody else believes incorrectly mm-hmm. believes is actually happening in the market. Everybody else think that thinks that it's a, a big bull market because they're watching the S&P 500. If you look at every sector out there except for technology, they all look incredibly weak. Um, of course, I used to be blown away when I would see that Apple is now 3.5% of the S&P weightings, then 4% of the S&P weightings. It's now 7.24% of the Standard & Poor's 500, the S&P 500. So Microsoft, 6.56. Amazon, 2.70. Google, something like 3, 3.3% or something like that. So 23, NVIDIA, Chris? 23 and a half, NVIDIA 2%, yeah. uh, 23 and a half percent of the S&P 500 are seven large cap tech stocks, mega cap tech stocks. Yeah. So they have been pushing the market higher. Um, I'm, is it okay if I hijack the screen here and, oh, please. and share what I'm looking at? Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, well you've disabled it. So if you can enable it, I'll, I'll talk while you're doing that. Um, you know, my, my point has been, if you look at IWM, which is the Russell 2000 small small cap index. That generally tells the truth of what's happening in the market. And as a rule of thumb, small caps tend to lead the market. So you have a small cap index that's not able to, to get any legs since the banking crisis began or since it you know it, it hit people's radars. And now IWM has broken out and it's reached its highest level since that big sell-off um, in the banking sector now and caused by the banking sector. In fact, it's not only up, it's up 3. 6.3% on the day. It's up on big volume, some of the biggest upside volume that we've seen uh, since March, since the banks fell out of bed. So now my stance is that this could be day one of kind of a new era. It could be day one. I don't like to get too excited about stuff that looks like it's right. just day one. Okay, let's yeah. look for some follow through here. But if you look at the, um, if you break the standard, the, the S&P 500 into the 11 major sectors of the S&P 500, you look at every single one of those sector ETFs, you'll see that all 
all look like crap except for XLK, which is the tech uh, ETF, and XLC, which is communications, is basically tech. It's Apple, it's Google, it's the large cap techs. Um, mm. Everything else is getting slammed. So I am I'm looking at SPY as a to take up a, a bearish position. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you're it gonna, on. You're gonna put right it out now. there, bro. I'm going to put, put it right it on the table by golly. And I'm going to say not only that, but I bought some put options from a money, money management clients to hedge their stock portfolio. SPY is only up because of these mega cap stocks. And guess what was a, a, a laggard in this big rally today? It was those mega cap stocks. If you look at IWM, it's up 3.6%. If you look at SPY or you know the S&P 500, 1.45%. If you look at XLK, which is the technology portion of the S&P 500, only up 0.57%. So it's hey, well, Chartman, deep. Chartman, take up the equal weighted S&P, would you? Because that I, that I find is interesting. Yeah, uh, well, the SPXEW, and by the way, I'm also recording my screen, so I'll be, I'll just send you the recording. But you can, yeah. if you look at SPXEW and we compare it to SPX, it looks like a completely different chart. SPX yeah. is, is breaking highs. Now, by the way, the S&P 500 is up at its summer highs. It's at a resistance level that was met in August. So even if you're looking at the S&P 500 and using that as a barometer for the stock market health, it's at a resistance level. It's rallied higher on very light volume. And if you look under the hood and you look at some of the most influential stocks, you look at AAPL, Apple, you see that it rallied higher on very light volume, very suspicious. When it tried to break out, it got smacked right back down to the day's lows. If you look at Microsoft, MSFT, second largest, most heavily weighted stock, it traded higher on light volume. Um, Amazon, AMZN, same thing. It traded higher on light volume. Um, NVIDIA, I can't say the same for NVIDIA. We all know how, the volume that, that, that pushed. <laughs> well, even NVIDIA, even it was down 3%. Guys. I mean, I mean, Todd, what I've been trying to tell uh, people and, we, and our subscribers is, you know, this is not my first rodeo for a, a, a technology mania. And yeah, what, what you don't want to be is the person who starts chasing NVIDIA after it's up 160% in, you know, six weeks. But That's, that will happen. Well, that, it is. But, but yeah. then, you know, then what happens is, it, it, let's just say the person is reasonably astute uh, and they do listen to the show and, and they understand that, well, dude, if you're going to chase NVIDIA at that valuation, you know, 65 times forward earnings. And by the way, the number, the $14 billion number just crushed their $11 billion. I mean, they just crushed. It was the biggest beat I think I've ever seen, right? But if you're chasing stocks, boy, you better have some sell stops in here. And that's what people are, are doing is they're, 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 putting order and then they're putting a sell stop like five or six percent underneath that because it can come down 30 percent super quickly um, oh, yeah. and when you chase stuff unless you're a trader nine nines out of ten now i if i said that in january when it went up a little bit and i said don't chase nvidia well you'd still be up 75 percent so you can take me for you know the the crap that comes out of my mouth but this uh you know this deal when you're up 165 percent from 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 a for the seven hundred and twenty billion to a one point one trillion dollar market cap, that's not investing. Right. You're not investing there. You're yeah. just well, chasing, you know, momentum. I I, I want to ask Chris though because. You're bearish on the S&P 500, but I'm not really hearing why you're bearish on the S&P 500. I mean, you're you're talking about that there's only a handful of companies that are pushing this thing higher, but are you s suggesting that those are going to just start selling off and, and giving out? And then obviously we're just have the bears um, moving in at that point. Well, first, let me be clear. Uh, I'm choosing that index for a reason, the S&P 500. Uh, the S&P 500 cap weighted, so the traditional classic S S&P 500 that everybody knows, it, it, it has rallied, it 
has rallied significantly and it has rallied based on stocks that are going higher on very light volume. And when stocks go, you know, trade higher on very light volume, it's not because there's so much bullishness, so many buy orders that are pushing all of the sell orders out of the way. It's because the sellers stepped out of the way and allow the bulls to buy the stock, pushing it higher so that they have a, a better price to sell. The sellers seem to be in control of the mega cap tech stocks mm. that have pushed that particular index higher. So the S&P 500, the particular index, I think is a great time to take a bearish position on it. Now, IWM, small caps, has just been sitting near its lows, hasn't gotten any legs until today. But until today, it had no legs since March. It got smashed. It didn't even move higher you know, by about, I think, more than 3 or 4%. And so it just looks like it wants to tank. It looks like it's just waiting for the tech stocks uh, to, to get behind it. Um, all the other stock, uh, sectors in the stock market look bearish. So if IWM does break down, the target is about 24% lower. And for the S&P 500, usually that would decline to a lesser extent because it's large caps and large caps just move more slowly. But in this case, it's different because the S&P 500 actually has rallied so high that if it pulls back and then breaks its lows, it too has a target of being 25% lower than where it is today. So yeah, I think those... it's a great I think it's a great bet because all of the other all of the, the troops refuse to follow the generals at this point. So the other um nine sectors have looked disgusting, real stinkers. And now that tech is looking like it's exhausted near its top, yeah, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time until the S&P pulls back. And Todd uh, I'm Todd, Chris, um the you know 4200 4250 on the S&P has been that ceiling number. What what I hear you say is that, yeah, it banged on the door. There wasn't enough volume to push through. Uh, and the generals, like NVIDIA's, like the other ones, you know, were the least up today, which looks like it's exhaustion. Like, it looks like we've hit a resistance point. Is that what you're trying to share? Yeah, well, the, you know, when I say when I say the leaders, uh, when I say the troops are not following the generals, you're looking at small cap stocks. Now, again, all that might have changed today, but I want to look for some follow-through before yeah. I just, just, you know, based on one day. Now, you know, one of the reasons that the stock market... I'm I'll answer your question, by the way. Yeah. But one of the reasons that the stock market rallied so hard today is because there was such a bearish position. Right. If you looked at all the other sectors, most stocks in the stock market, it just looks bearish. It looks ugly. The supply is taking control. You're seeing more and more stocks break below support levels and it makes it much easier for stocks to trade lower. So you're in an environment where stocks generally want to go lower and all the computers, all the algorithms out there that automatically trade the market and, and the uh, index fund uh, traders, yeah. they automatically have taken short positions and it looked ugly. So you have an announcement like this, it just automatically causes a reversal and unwind yeah. of those short positions. That's why you got such a big rally today. It's not because people are so bullish on the economy. It's because the short sellers had to get the hell out of the way and buy back stock to exit those bearish positions, it, it might just be temporary. It's actually likely that it's temporary. As far as NVIDIA, you know, and companies like that, that have uh, that have been rallying higher. I mean, even NVIDIA that looks super strong, you know, we I put out in uh, True Market Insiders, I put out an article May 30th when it was at its top, buy NVIDIA, not just yet. Yeah. I think you can buy NVIDIA after it pulls back to its old resistance level. So I'm going to pull that up on the screen. Yeah, I'm and with the you. old resistance level I'm is 337. Yeah. It's at okay. 393 right now. Now, it hit a high of 424. I'm looking for it for investors long term that want to buy Nvidia. Wait till it pulls back to at least three hundred and forty dollars a share. It's at three ninety three right now. I think that's good. Okay. You, the, yeah, the, that's. I, I, that's I'm, I'm always scared when I get texts from like people I I haven't talked to in like ten years, and they yeah. say, "Zoe, I just that's loaded right. up on uh, Nvidia. That's that thing's going to a moon." And I will say back, "Yeah, dude, you know you wow. are. You're you're the well, stupid once, idiot." 
who took this poor bastard out of the stock and you're going to be, you know, you're, you're a day late and like $5 short. Right. Find right. the all time high after it just went through its other all time high. Uh, it's running out of, you know, it's, there is this thing called financial gravity. I like to refer to and yeah. financial gravity was suspended for NVIDIA because guess what? They have a chip, a, a CPU chip or GPU chip graphic processing unit that every second processes 30 trillion calculation. Yeah. That's why well, real AI is actually going to happen now because well, before that it would it's not enough throughput. Sorry. Well, I, I want to I want to talk here. about that. No, no, you go for it. You go for it. And and speaking of text messages, Toby, you'll you'll probably get one from Gary B. Smith wondering why he's no longer known as the chart man. But no, that, that's chart a whole man. other thing. You're the chart man. <laughs> he can have it. There you go. There you go. Gary's, Gary's so like listen. 80 years old now for crying out loud. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, let's leave it there on this block because coming up after the break, I do want to talk about AI. Toby, you've been really running with this topic right now and you've been talking quite a bit about it. So I really want to get your thoughts and uh, see uh, see where we go uh, go from here and what investors can do to take advantage of, of this, uh, which is going to be obviously the hottest thing around, not just this year, but obviously many years from now. So listen, please stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. We have Chris Rowe from True Market Insiders joining us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll be right back with you right after the Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operator Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, Journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. 
If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. Well, today we saw the markets rally. Dow was up over 700 points. We had the, the best week, actually, best performing week in the markets since the last week of March. So for the second quarter, things are looking great. The only question remains is obviously what the Fed is going to do next. And will this rally continue for the rest of this month? So, uh, but we will see. Uh, time will tell. But we are here to help answer some of those questions for you and try to figure it out. And I do have, obviously, Tobin Smith with me, and we are joined by Chris Rowe from True Market Insiders. And Toby, I know, well, both of you actually, but Toby, you've been really, really banging the drum on this AI topic. And one thing that you've been able to to really decipher for investors isn't just really the points where investors should be focusing, but also the ones that they should be staying away from, because it seems that there's some AI imposters out there. So Toby, explain to the audience what all of that means. Yeah, I mean, and in, in in as I said in the last segment, um, AI has been around for 45 years. I mean, you know, it, when you talk to Siri, that is not artificial intelligence. That's machine learning or it's voice recognition. All of those technologies have been around for, you know, decades. AI started in New York up in the... At, a, at college, a small little college, but the idea that information could be taught to think, not that information could be put into a giant one trillion uh, size large language model, which is what chat GPT. And by the way, I love chat, chat GPT. It's a, it does a lot of work for me, but that's not artificial intelligence. That's machine learning. It's just they're calling it AI. And all machine learning does is it looks for connections. It looks for similarities. It puts data together and sees where it connects. And then it makes, and then it's, you know, essentially spits it out to you as new content, but it's not intelligence. And that's the difference. So the, the poster child of bullshit AI is a C3 AI company. <laughs> Tom Siebel, God bless him. You know, he he started Siebel, a CRM, sold it to Oracle. Siebel. He, uh, you know, is a multi-multi-billionaire. And about two years ago, a, fr- a friend of mine who's in my Transformity Alliance, our research group, calls me and says, he worked for uh, a slum J, SLB. And he says, you know, we just started doing this deal with uh, C3 AI, Tom Siebel, because they're helping us with all these charts. When you're drilling wells all over the United States and you're fracking wells and you're getting all this, this information in, their system helps them to array that information much quicker, much faster, try to find some, you know, things that are going well and things aren't going well, right? So, okay, that's cool. Because remember, C3 AI used to be, used to have a completely different name. It was, it was C3 um, IT, I think. And then all of a sudden they said, wait a minute, you know, like when ChatGPT came out, hey, we're now C3 AI. Now, they've been attacked because of some crazy accounting stuff they're doing, and that's not my expertise. But I can tell you from an artificial intelligence standpoint, th- there's no question that this is all about productivity, gents. All this is, is about you know, we've gone through these stages over over our, certainly over my life's row. I don't know, it's, it's hardly even shaved now. But when you go through, you know, these huge productivity en- enhancements, that's what's made life better in the world. That's what's made life better in the United States. That's what's brought upward prosperity. And we we hit a, 
a productivity zone here the last five to six, 10 years where we weren't really getting any more productivity. The exciting part about actual artificial intelligence, uh, having the software and the apps that do thinking for people is mm -hmm. that it will take, uh, we have an example, a company I talked about versus AI, which is actually an AI company. They um, they have a variety of, of test cases out going right now, but the one that really blew me away was a company called RLI that is one of the largest uh, logistics companies. Now, did you know this, Todd and Chris, that if you take the entire logistics part of the United States, it's 10% of our entire GDP is moving stuff from someplace and moving to someplace else. And that 10% of G GDP has got a really big problem. I, I, I have one uh, Amazon kid who I think has, he's been at three different companies. He quits about every six months because he can't stand working at Amazon. So then he goes to FedEx <laughs> and then he said FedEx and now he's delivering my DHL, right? The turnover <laughs> in the logistics is ridiculous, particularly inside the warehouses. Anybody can imagine if you've ever been one of those warehouses. Well, Versus came in and they use actual artificial intelligence. They use their software, which is artificial intelligence. It's not a, it takes all the uh, information in real time and then it has an application that'll that makes judgments as to what you should what, what you should do where you should go etc they improved the productivity of, of dli uh, a 28 billion dollar logistics company 30 percent 30 percent is mind-boggling that's for people yeah. But even more mind-boggling is, again, I've described what crappy jobs those are. The turnover rate at a the normal logistics plant is 70%. And they've cut that, excuse me, it's it's 30% every quarter. And they've cut that down 70%. They've cut it down to about 8%. So if, if, if they can make the job of a guy, of a woman doing logistics work and picking the thing and putting on it, imagine what you can do in all sorts of things. Imagine what they could do to the U.S. Post Office for crying out loud. Imagine what you could do. Another client for Versus is um, right down here, Mayo Clinic. They are specialized in cancer. Cancer is my theme today since I dodged a bullet with my melanoma. At, they use Versus uh, technology to look at 100,000 different cancer uh, pieces and correlate and, and, and make a diagnosis without seeing the diagnosis of the, of the doctor. And so far, my neighbor is uh, leading this, uh, this deal. They've improved their diagnosis 30%-ish of more accuracy. For instance, GRAIL, G-R-A-I-L, is a, is, is, a, uh, our, you know, is a technology that diagnoses stuff. Uh, when they just in the paper, they're saying, well, 30% of their diagnoses were wrong. They're not a I. They're literally just connecting dots. So artificial intelligence, because we have this $30 trillion a second calculation machine called a graphic processor, is awesome. And it is going to change, but it is not going to change overnight. And it's going to take many years and decades, but you're going to start at the lowest hanging fruit. And right now, the lowest hanging fruit is 10% of the economy in logistics, about 8% of the economy, uh, well, 30, 25% of the economy is healthcare. Those two areas have ginormous uh, upside um, by bringing real artificial intelligence. So we talked about the company VRSSF. I don't know why it was up 25% today, but the reason is, is they're actual real, they, they filed patents on Tuesday for the only operating system in the world for artificial intelligence. They just got uh, certified by the IEE, which is the engineering group, that they're, that they're the only operating system. And then they have their own programming language called HSML. The other thing that happened this week is Europe came out and said, hey, wait a minute, we support copyright rules. If you can't prove what's in your large language model for your chat GPT, if you can't prove that you have the rights to that, then we're going to shut you down. And the thing about HSML, 
is it's the only technology in the world that allows somebody who's building a large language model to yeah. prove where they got it and to prove what the, that, that they have rights to that. So those are two huge things. Um, okay. We're going to see these fits and starts, but anyway, here's my final point. It's not just buying NVIDIA. There's an entire tech stack, and we're bringing this out to our subscribers this weekend and, and early next week because you know I'm looking at, at our list. We have 180 stocks in the AI world that either are direct or indirect beneficiaries. But the, 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 there's a company called SMCI uh, uh, Micro, SM Micro. SM Micro is the only company in the world that, that uh, Amazon can get on the line and say, listen, I need 50 new ultra large fast uh, servers. And great, when you, you want them tomorrow? Great, we'll install them. Yeah, and and so if you go down that whole pipeline, SMCI is, is and it's moved, but it's got it, it's selling at you know eight times PE. Uh, you know, Nvidia is at sixty times forward PE. So go down the tech stock. You have the stocks. You have the ASICs. You have then the the fiber optics, ANet, Arista networks. Uh, all that thirty trillion dollars of, of thirty trillion calculations has to go somewhere, and the pipe has to be able to hold all those thirty trillion. So there's a whole, you know, aside to that. So we'll, we'll, we'll put, I mean, we have a lot of subscribers that watch this, but if you want to subscribe, I know I'm pitching, but, you know, for whatever it is, 99 bucks a year, I'm going to give you the entire playbook on this. Uh, there are trillions of dollars that are going to be made because this is a absolutely just like, you know, iPhone moment, just like the Netscape moment. But a lot of people just have no freaking idea what AI is. So, so that's my speech. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That definitely is. And there, there's so much uh, optimism and, and really uh, profits to be had in that space. So, Chris, what do you think? Are your charts uh, telling you the same thing? Well, first of all, to me, the most exciting thing going on uh, when it comes to AI is in the biotech sector. You know, one, one reason, drug discovery is difficult. It's finding, developing uh, any effective medicine. It's a multi-year process. Sometimes it's decades. Very expensive process, but it doesn't have to be expensive. And and experts are saying, you know, about AI, if properly integrated into scientists' research, it could revolutionize the drug discovery, making it possible for more patients to get the treatments that they need. So, and one of the game-changing drugs. Yeah, Chris, one of the one of the stocks we're putting on our list next week is Schrodinger. Schrodinger is the leading um, AI-based, true AI-based drug discovery system. And you're absolutely right. Bristol Myers Squibb tried to buy them about three times. And they said, screw you, because, you know, we got the crown jewels here. And if you look at the Schrodinger uh, you know, chart, it's sort of hit the top. I haven't looked at it recently, but, Symbols? but they're a perfect example. I, I believe it's Schrodinger. It's S-C-D-R-S-C-H. I, I don't know. I, I can find it anyway, but I'll find you, it right but, now. You know, Sorry. Yeah, but if you look at, um, you know, even if, even if you look at AMD, AMD has special chips that are just for the um, the biotech world for drug discovery. Mm -hmm. um, so SHDR, I think. SDGR. SDGR. There you go. There you yeah. Go. Wow. Yeah. And this thing just exploded. Yeah. This thing just exploded and it exploded on heavy volume. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll take a quick look at this. So, so this is a, this is a stock that traded from 116 at the uh, 2021 high. Most people don't know that the stock market, most stocks topped out in February of 2021. Right. Uh, it's similar to recently, the S&P decided to keep breaking highs because of a handful of stocks. But at the stock market top that all the other stocks were looking at, uh, SDGR hit 114 
it made it its way down to the mid-teens to the $16 range. But now it's breaking out, it's breaking highs, breaking through resistance levels at about four times the average uh, volume, the average weekly volume. So this looks like a stock that wants to that wants to trade a lot higher. And probably I, I would put a target on this, just quick and dirty math at about 50 bucks. It's at 35 right now. Yeah, I'm totally that'll be I'm in the next couple months. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And again, it's you know, you're looking for the purest plays you can. And Schrodinger is just a absolutely pure play. That's their entire business model. That's why Bristol Myers was trying to buy him. I think Pfizer is trying to buy him as well. You know, wow. so so that's a perfect example. And everybody in drug discovery is pushing. If you if you if one of your sons, Todd, you know, who maybe got you know brains from the other side of the family, uh, <laughs> can learn a little data science in the healthcare world. My nephew just got hired for six hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars by Pfizer. He's a data scientist and a very good buddy of mine, Roy. Cromwell, who was a data scientist with Google, uh, who got fired, you know, when they were laid off 24,000 people because paying him 700 grand a year was a little rich for their blood. He just signed up another company I won't disclose for $1.2 million salary and wow. 1,000 shares. Because there's just Place not data scientists in that space that really know how to move the needle. And the whole thing is the time. Remember these phase one, phase two, phase three, that whole yeah. Timeline could is usually 5.56 years, and on some of these ones, mRNA, mRNA to close that that was a completely AI created uh, molecule, and they they you know took the time down to three months. So that's the miracle, and and Chris is uh, dead right that the the best users of AI and drug discovery are going to crush it. And, you know, that's that's good for everybody. Well, that's fantastic. AI definitely is the place to be. And I know we'll be talking a lot about this subject in the in the shows to come and uh, probably for several years, actually, because it's definitely going to dominate the space. That's for sure. So listen, that's going to do it for us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. So if you haven't heard, we have um, we are now available on the SiriusXM app as well. So feel free to, uh, to download the show there. You'll be able to listen to it. And coming very, very soon, we will be live on Apple TV as well as on Roku. So we'll definitely keep you posted on that. So on behalf of Tobin Smith and Chris Rowe with True Market Insiders, definitely want to thank you for joining us again on Buy, Hold, Sell. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time. Take care. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?